was the night before Christmas when all through the house, not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. The stockings were hung by the chimney with care in hopes that St. Nicholas soon would be there. The children were nestled all snug in their beds while visions of sugar plums danced in their heads. And Mama in her kerchief and I in my cap had just settled our brains for a long winter's nap. When out on the lawn there rose such a clatter, I sprang from my bed to see what was the matter. Away to the window, I flushed like a flash, tore open the shutters, threw up the sash. The moon on the breast of the new-fallen snow gave a luster of midday to objects below. When what to my wondering eyes did appear but a miniature sleigh and eight tiny reindeer? With a little old driver so lively and quick, I knew in a moment he must be St. Nick. More rapid than eagles, his coursers they came, and he whistled and shouted and called them by name. Now Dasher, now Dancer, now Prancer and Vixen, on Comet, on Cupid, on Donner and Blitzen. To the top of the porch, to the top of the wall, now dash away, dash away, dash away all. As leaves that before the wild hurricane fly, when they meet with an obstacle, mount to the sky. So up to the housetop, the coursers they flew, with the sleigh full of toys and St. Nicholas too. And then in a twinkling, I heard on the roof the prancing and pawing of each little hoof. As I drew in my head and was turning around, down the chimney, St. Nicholas came with a bound. He was dressed all in fur from his head to his foot, and his clothes were all tarnished with ashes and soot. A bundle of toys he had flung on his back, and he looked like a peddler just opening his pack. His eyes, how they twinkled, his dimples, how merry. His cheeks were like roses, his nose like a cherry. His droll little mouth was drawn up like a bow, and the beard on his chin was as white as the snow. The stump of a pipe he held tight in his teeth, and the smoke encircled his head like a wreath. He had a broad face and a little round belly, that shook when he laughed like a bowl full of jelly. He was chubby and plump, a right jolly old elf, and I laughed when I saw him in spite of myself. A wink of his eye and a twist of his head soon gave me to know I had nothing to dread. He spoke not a word, but went straight to his work and filled all the stockings, then turned with a jerk and laying his finger aside of his nose and giving a nod up the chimney he rose he sprang to his sleigh, to his team gave a whistle, and away they all flew like the dawn of a thistle. But I heard him exclaim, ere he drove out of sight, Happy Christmas to all, and to all a good night. This is the Christmas story that I think most people in our culture know. And today we are going to talk about St. Nick because our movie is Elf. Uh, Buddy the Elf, played by Will Ferrell, he's a normal child who grew up in Santa's workshop only to go searching for his biological father in New York. When Will Ferrell was making the movie, this is what he said. I remember it was either going to really work or this movie was going to really fail. I was running around the streets of New York in tights saying, this could be the last movie I ever make. Can you imagine? Uh, the director was John Favreau, who also directed Iron Man 3. And last Sunday, somebody told me that was their favorite Christmas movie. 
And I said, I'm not sure that's a Christmas movie. I checked, and I think it might be. Now, back to Elf. It's super funny. Maybe that's why my family likes it so much. Maybe your family likes it as well. Uh, For example, before he leaves the North Pole, Santa tells Buddy, if you see gum on the street, leave it there. It's not candy. And then the first thing he does when when he gets to the New York subway, he picks off the gum and starts chewing it, one piece after another. Uh, Buddy the Elf, um, his new family, he's trying to teach them about what it's like in the North Pole. And he says, in the North Pole, we have four major food groups. Uh, There's candy, there's candy canes, there's candy corn, and there's syrup. And then proceeds to put all of this on top of his pasta, including M&M sprinkles and a Pop-Tart. And then he mixes it all with his hands and devours it. Talking about diabetes. (laughs) Goodness. Um, We've all wanted to try it, though, haven't we? Today, one of you gets to. Would you give a hand to my friend Doug and my friend Buddy the Elf? All right, buddy. Will you do me a favor and unleash the beast? Oh, Doug. We thank you for being a part of Messiah, and we would like you to take this experiment now. It is Italian pasta, yes, for real. Organic maple syrup, marshmallows, fudgy Pop-Tart, mini M&Ms, chocolate syrup. Let us know how it is. You like it, huh? It's pretty good. A little more. Try a little more. Maybe that bite wasn't the best bite. I made this fresh this morning for you. Not too bad? Not bad. All right. I love it. Mm-hmm. You, yeah, please. Have another one. You, you want to take the plate with you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, go ahead. Mm-hmm. All right. Would you give them a hand for helping out today? All right. So today, we're going to get into the Bible. Before we do that, I want to talk about what's happening this week. This week begins two important holidays in the history of the church and God's people. Uh, Hanukkah begins later this week, and I know you've all heard of Hanukkah, but I wonder if you know the story. Because I think all Christians do need to know the story. It's an important story that happens right before the Gospels. Right before the Gospels. In that part between the Old Testament and the New Testament, We wonder what's going on in the world. See, it's 160 years before Christ. Antiochus Epiphany, he is the leader of Syria, and he has invaded and he is threatening to destroy Jerusalem once and for all. And they desecrate the temple. They destroy all the oil for the candles and everything else that's there. And then a Jewish leader named Judas Maccabees rises up against them and defeats them. And when they go in the temple and they start to clean everything up, they realize that there's just a drop of oil left. And they can't worship and they can't celebrate. But then they start to use that little bit of oil and they fill the candles of the menorah. And it burns for eight straight nights. Now the original menorah, the golden lampstands that were in the temple, they had seven candles. 
But after that point, when people began to celebrate Hanukkah, the menorah actually changed, and they, they made it into eight candles to symbolize the eight nights. And you notice this one has nine. That's because the middle candle is used to light the eight. So if you see pictures of menorahs, that's why sometimes there might be a difference between the two. I like to say that Hanukkah is the original advent for the church. Advent is when we anticipate that the Messiah is coming. And Hanukkah is kind of like the original advent because you're celebrating a military victory and you, you are celebrating the rededication of the temple and that's important. But you could also say that without this victory, Bethlehem would have never had a maiden who could bear a child, who would have been able to deliver this child. Without Hanukkah, you might say, the world might not have been ready for Jesus to come in, the one who would become the Messiah. Now this, was, this week also celebrates another holiday or holy day. Uh, it actually is today. Today is St. Nicholas Day. It's St. Nicholas Day. Um, in the movie Elf, Buddy is looking for the real Santa. And he's frustrated that when you go to the mall, sometimes you see people and you're not sure that they're the real Santa. In fact, he's sure it's not because he knows Santa himself. And I think it's important that we know the real Santa as well. In the 300s AD, St. Nicholas was the Bishop of Myra. The Bishop of Myra, that's modern-day Turkey. He was born to a wealthy family, but when his parents died and they left him their money, he decided to keep none of it and to give it away, to give away his gold because he wanted to be a blessing. He wanted to be generous to people who were in need. So they said he threw bags of gold out his window and he saved three girls from slavery and was made the Bishop of Myra as a child because of this. That's how revered St. Nicholas was. At one point, he was in prison during a persecution and then he was let out when the Emperor Constantine, the Emperor of Rome, converted to Christianity. And he was even there when they wrote the Nicene Creed. You notice at our church, we say creeds on Sundays. The Nicene Creed was a special council because many people out there were saying maybe Jesus wasn't really divine. And churches were, were teaching different things. And to those who were true to the faith, we knew, no, this is very, very important because if Jesus isn't divine, then he can't die for the sins of the world. He can give his life for you, but it wouldn't make an eternal difference. And so people like St. Nicholas showed up at the Nicene Creed and they debated with others. One of the guys they debated with was, was somebody named Arius. And at one point, the conversation got so hot that St. Nicholas came up to him and slapped him across the face. He knows if you've been bad or good. So be good for goodness sake, I guess, right? St. Nicholas. He's represented by medieval artists more frequently than any other saint except for Mary, except for Jesus' mom. And nearly 400 churches were dedicated in his honor in England during the Middle Ages. He was very, very important to the early church. It's because of his bag of gold gift that Christians have this tradition of giving and being generous and giving to the needy during Christmas. This is why we have our gift-giving practice. If you've ever seen it done wrong or you think it's too commercialized, maybe. But gift-giving and generosity 
showing love to people who love you and showing love to people that are in need, this has always been the hallmark of Christmas all the way back to the time of St. Nicholas. So we can do it well. And we can do it in a way that's beautiful and that's filled with faith. And I hope at Messiah that we practice that kind of gift giving and that kind of generosity. Now, Martin Luther wasn't really a fan of saints. And so he thought it was important to take some of the traditions of Christmas off of St. Nicholas and make sure that we focus on the Christ child. Luther really brought this to the church, the idea of the nativity and putting the focus on the Christ child. In German, it's Christ Kindle. And over time, what's funny is Chris Kindle began, began to be named Chris Kringle, and they gave the name right back to Santa Claus, to St. Nicholas. And Luther was trying to put the focus on the baby. Now, Santa means saint. So throughout the tradition of Santa, there's always been this connection to Christ. And in fact, Santa Claus is just a reduction of St. Nicholas or St. Nicholas. It's just a reduced form of his name. So whether you call him Santa or you call him Kris Kringle or just good old St. Nick, I believe he should remind us of the best of Christmas and the meaning of Christmas. In fact, Nicholas always reminds us that sometimes God's answer to someone's prayer is you. That's what Nicholas reminds us, that sometimes the, God's answer to someone's prayer is you. They pray. They pray for help. They pray for love. They pray for friendship. And God's working on your heart so that you can be the answer to their prayer. Nicholas was also famous for always saying that generosity was God's answer to someone's prayer. It was always God's answer. And I think that's why I love the movie Elf. Because Buddy, whenever he's in the room with anybody, he doesn't worry about what they think. He doesn't worry what they say about him. He's just filled with joy and enthusiasm and love. And just to show this to you, I want to share with you one of my favorite clips of Elf. It's when he first goes to work at the mall and he gets a job at the North Pole. What's this? This is the North Pole. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Where's the snow? Why are you smiling like that? I just like to smile. Smiling's my favorite. Make work your favorite. That's your favorite, okay? Okay. Work is your new favorite. Fine. It's time for the announcement. Okay. Okay, people. Tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa here? I know him. I know him. He'll be here to take pictures with all the children. Yeah. Just keep your receipts. 10 a.m. tomorrow. 10 a.m. tomorrow. Santa's coming to town. Yes. Can you sign this morning? Ooh. Hi. Santa's coming. I just like to smile. Smiling's my favorite. I think we need to remember that uh, a little more often, a little more often. But maybe a second quote. Uh, the best way to spread Christmas cheer 
is singing loud for all to hear. So there's some funny quotes, but there's also a couple where I think he gives us quite a bit of wisdom. Uh, The first one, treat every day like Christmas. What would the world be like if we, especially as Christian people, if we who love Christ and celebrate Christ, what if we treated every day like Christmas? A day to feast, a day to give, a day to worship, a day to pray, a day to sing with joy, to celebrate the goodness and beauty of life, a day to be with our family, our extended family too. Second bit of wisdom that I think he gives, and this is maybe my favorite quote from the movie, there's room for everyone on the nice list. On Santa's nice list, not everybody's there. That's why he's got a naughty list. But there's a spiritual connection to this, isn't it? I think that's what the message of Christ is. There's everyone. There's room for everyone on God's nice list. And when we're blocked off by our sins, sometimes it's, it's, it's hard to know that God is for us, but God is. And he wants to bring us to be close to him and to know him. And that's the point of Christmas. That's why we do what we do. It all started with the greatest gift. God sent his son, which is Emmanuel, and it means God with us, which is the greatest gift. Think about our reading today. Before there is a manger, there are two women, Mary and Elizabeth. They have two miracle births. One of them is too old to have a child, was never able to have a child. But she gives birth to cousin John, John the Baptist. And then there's another miracle birth, a virgin who's not yet married, and yet she's pregnant. The Holy Spirit has come upon her, and she gives birth to our Savior. It's God's reminder that he is the one that gives life, and that he gives it to the full. I love Elizabeth's response when when Mary walks into the room, when she visits her. As soon as the sound of your greeting came, my baby leapt within me. My baby was jumping from joy just, just when I heard your voice. My baby is leaping for joy. What's going on in your belly, Mary? This is what she's saying. What's going on in your belly? It's gonna change the world. It's gonna save people. Nothing will ever be the same again. Nothing. Advent is Mary walking in the room with the grace of God radiating from her belly. Now, sometimes when pregnant women come into the room, we say they're glowing. When Mary walked into the room, she was neon. She was nuclear. She was glowing with the grace of God. Because now God has showed up. God is with us. The one who forgives sins. The one who takes on the cross and takes on death and takes on evil once and for all. The one who fights back. The one who gives the free gift of salvation to all who believe, who call on Jesus as their Lord and Savior. It's that simple. And it's a gift. It's the first gift of Christmas. And yeah, he showed up in this little town in the belly of this little lady. But that's why John's leaping in the womb. He's blown away 
even before he's born. He's blowing away with the grace of God. I love this quote by N.T. Wright. He says that God's purposes and plans are first revealed in a private meeting between two women on the edge of society. If the Messiah was going to be born, they didn't think this is where he'd be born, and, and they didn't think that when the Messiah's, God's purposes and plans are first revealed, that it would be between these two women, or really any women. But here's the thing. Herod's not paying attention. Society's not paying attention. The priests who oversee the temple, they're not paying attention. Two women in their miracle births are welcoming the Savior of the world into the world. And he came in the same way you did, with a mom and a dad, with somebody who had plans and purpose for you, somebody who prayed for you. Jesus came in like you so he could do something for you, so he could save you. And, And this is my prayer this year. If you're a believer, use this season to draw closer to Jesus. Use this season to strengthen your faith. Use the spirit of Nicholas to be generous, to give to those in need. Use the enthusiasm of Buddy the Elf or whatever your favorite movie is to spread joy and to spread love. And sometimes, remember, it's better not to worry about what people say about you or what they think about you. Just be a bundle of joy. Now, perhaps you're not a believer yet or you're struggling in your faith. It's been a weird year. And here's the thing. The holidays are not going to be the same. They're going to be weird too. Maybe this is a year where we can't do all the festivities. Maybe we can't have the parties or the traditions. Maybe we can't have the regular family get-togethers that we look forward to. Maybe instead of the fanfare in a year where you can't do the traditions you're used to, maybe focus instead on the message of Christmas rather than the traditions of Christmas. Focus on the message of Christmas and what God has done for you. Because Christmas is good news of great joy, which is for all people. God is with us. God is for us. God is with you. And God is for you. That's the message of Christmas. And even when you're not feeling it, I suggest practicing it. Because love and generosity, giving and joy, they're infectious, not just to the people that you bless, they become a blessing back to you. So even when you're not feeling it, practice it. And remember, sing loud for all to hear. Treat every day like Christmas and remind others that there's room for them on the nice list. 